Justin, the flags are at half mast in our state, which is the Palmetto State. Half of our state, maybe. Half of our state is at half mast. Welcome into a somber, solemn installment of the Bragging Rights Podcast. One right from the sad half mast Palmetto State for the half of the Palmetto State that is sad and at half mast about all things Palmetto State, though we might not talk about half of them. Uh, this weekend uh, and beyond. We have lots to recap from the week of college football, Justin. It was a good week to watch football. Yeah. Lots of good games outside of one over in uh, this over on the West Coast. Oh, that was not a good game, though. No. Yeah, Justin, right. half of our state had a good Saturday, halfway good Saturday. How are you feeling? Half of our state had, you know, I've made no uh, attempt to hide it. Half of our state had a really, really good Saturday because, you know, for us... You know, speaking from this side of the table, when Carolina wins and Clemson loses, that's really all we care about. It's, it, it's a good it's a good Saturday for, for South Carolina fans. It, it, those have been few and far between uh, for the last decade or sure, so. Sure, sure. And so, you know, um, as someone who is, is friendly uh, with, with you, friendly with, with Clemson fans, yeah, I feel, feel bad for you guys. Um but, we don't need your sympathy. Yeah. <laughs> the same Justin, time, I have a question for you. It's, it's a good name. Yeah. Who's two and two feels better? Who's two and two feels better? South Clemson. Carolina's. You think so? Oh, I mean, absolutely. You mean from the side of Clemson is two and two because Clemson's blown two yeah. games? Well, if you're if you're just looking at two and two as opposed to season expectations, sure, sure. South Carolina's okay. feels better. For sure. sure, I agree with that. Yeah. Now, if you're just looking at the face of two and two, which program feels better at, after being two and two? Um, if you take out season expectations, I guess Clemson, because Clemson lost to two good teams. Shouldn't have lost to Duke. You can't blame them too hard for losing to Florida State. Florida State's a very good team. So you feel a little bit better. They were way more competitive in that game than even South Carolina was against Georgia. I mean, I would I – would, but, but South Carolina's lost to two good teams as well. Sure. Com- very comparable yeah. teams, North yeah. Carolina and Georgia, Duke and uh, Florida State. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you look at, if you look at just the, the results so far, you've got – um, for South Carolina, you've got lost to number one Georgia. You've got a loss to top fifteen or so North Carolina. Um, if you're Clemson, you've got a loss to top twenty. I think they're seventeen right now. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we don't we don't know what the or the AP poll came out yesterday. Yeah, they're they're eighteen or nineteen. Anyway, um, and then you've got Duke, who is also a top twenty team. Wait, I was talking about Duke. Oh, you were talking about Duke. Okay, so yeah, for Clemson, you've got Duke, who is top twenty. With you got a loss there, and you got Florida State. Who is what top five? They dropped to five. Okay. Duke is seventeen. Um, so Duke is seventeen. Florida State's five. Um, Georgia is obviously one. North Carolina is. I think they're right around fifteen. Fifteen or so. So the two losses are very similar. The two wins aren't that different. I mean, Mississippi State maybe a, a slightly better sure. program right now than Florida Atlantic, but you're not talking about. Neither team has like a big signature win. For sure. Um, and a couple of losses that you know you can explain away even if you wish they hadn't happened. Sure. Um, so I mean, just just looking at that, I think honestly, <clears throat> there is, it's a very similar uh, two and two for Justin. Before we recap all the games across this land, summer at half mass, summer not. <laughs> uh, stat of the century, Justin. Clemson has given up so far in four games. 36 points off of turnovers. Oh my god. Or has gosh. you know has turnovers have resulted in 36 points. Holy I guess how many god. they gave up all of last year. It's more, but guess. Uh 45. 38. 38. Holy <laughs> cow. Man. 
So uh, obviously the difference in being two and two and four and zero, or at the very least three and one. But we'll talk about that more in a second. Justin, college football had lots of ranked matchups last week. Do you realize, Justin, the most ranked on ranked matchups since the year of our Lord two thousand and five? Uh, I had seen that somewhere. That is that is crazy. I believe it was five ranked matchups or six. Correct me. Uh, correction. And if Clemson hadn't lost to Duke, might have been seven. Uh, but you know that is okay. I halfway expected. All right, last thing. I halfway expected them to throw Clemson into the top twenty-five after losing to Florida State. After losing to Florida State. Well, I mean, listen. So obviously they're not going to do that. But I think anybody who would argue and and. Listen, this is coming from the South Carolina fan here. Anybody who argues that Clemson isn't a top 25 team sure. is, is silly. Your uh, your South Carolina buddies that listen to this podcast aren't going to like that you said that. No, oh, no, but it's okay. We can, we can fight. Close your ears, oh tender ones. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe that's a little, uh, what we can title this, Carolina fans won't like this. Justin, I was at the game on Saturday. I have lots to say about it. Let's recap some of these big games that happened around the country. A big game happened in uh, College Station, Pennsylvania, Justin. A top 25 powerhouse, Iowa, the Hawkeyes, a masterful team. Brian Ferentz, special on offense, walked into uh, the, the whiteout. It was the whiteout game because it was going to be so competitive. Right. Penn State did. Number seven, Penn State hosting. Number 24, top team in the land, Iowa. And guess how many points Iowa put on the board? How many points did Iowa put A big nothing burger. Jeez. The exact shape of the donut I ate yesterday before church, Justin. <laughs> Zero with a hole in the middle of it. Why in the world was Iowa ranked going into this game, Justin? You've been on that for a while. You watch Clemson play Florida State, right? I realize it was at Clemson. You watch Clemson play Florida State, then you watch Iowa play Penn State, and you go, one of these teams is ranked and the other team is not. Let the listener understand. Justin, what a silly game to watch. What a silly game to have taken place. But on the other side of things, Penn State looks pretty good. Uh, Penn State... Um, you know, this is the kind of game in the past where, and we talked about this a little bit with Penn State. Um, they've they're always that kind of third team in the Big Ten that's sure. hovering there that everybody wants to be good, sure. and then they they just crap the bed. Yeah, uh, in, in games like this, they look like they're in the same class. They, they do. They look like they could be a contender this year. Michigan and Ohio State both look pretty good. Uh, Justin, your boy, your buddy, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime. As you, as you call yeah. it. They walked into uh, Eugene, Oregon yesterday for a ranked-on-ranked yeah. matchup. Number 19, Colorado, against number 10, Oregon. The 19-and-a-half-point spread was disrespectful to Coach Prime, but actually it wasn't. 42-6. Yeah. What um, do you have to say? Well, you know, so as, as we were talking about this, I said, you know, I'd love to see Colorado win, but that Oregon would cover. Sure. Um, I didn't think it would be like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Colorado looked – Bad. Let's have a moment of silence for the buffs. Okay, and we're back. Um, but yeah, Colorado just, you know, they looked like a football team that yeah. has had to replace half the roster. Sure. You know, they, they just, they didn't belong on the same field. Sure. Uh, Oregon looked like a team that was hungry and hunting. Yeah. You that, know, like, like, in, like a national championship last year, Kirby Smart, the little sideline reporter asks him, uh, what are you guys going to do today? He said, we're going to hunt. That's what, that's what Oregon looked like. Yeah. Uh, man, that um, Pac-12 in the, the last year of the, the Pac-12 is looking like a, a really strong conference at the top. Anyway, that Oregon-Washington game, I can't wait for that. Oh, I mean, Oregon-Washington or, you know, Washington, Oregon, USC, all those three teams. 
Uh, and you've got some other contenders. Washington State sure. is going to put points on people. Justin Shadur Sanders came down to earth a little bit, yeah. only 159 yards yeah. passing. Here's the stat, bro. Here's the stat. 40 yards rushing for Colorado. Sheesh. 240 for Oregon. My word. I mean, they were just running. Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know if you have it right there in front of you. Is that 40 yards net including the sacks, or is that 40 yards? Yes, it okay. is including the sacks. I mean, seven sacks. Shadur Sanders minus 34 yards rushing yeah. because of sacks. But I mean, man, you, you get sacked seven times, yeah. you're, you're going to struggle. Colorado actually had the longer of the runs. The team longest was 25 for Oregon. Team longest was uh, 28 for Colorado. Wow. Wow. There you go. Um, a moral victory. Something we've been doing in our state today <laughs> since Saturday. Go on. I mean, honestly, all season. Um, but listen, so the thing about Shadur Sanders uh, is I don't even think this game was any kind of. Uh, I don't think he was exposed sure. in this game. Not, I, I yeah. think that you know their inability to block. Um, they they have playmakers, but they don't have a complete offense. You know, I, mean, I think that's what we saw. What did we say last week? We said the magic was going to come to an end. Right. We both thought that. Right. I think you're maybe a little higher on Colorado than I am. I thought they were going to get exposed against TCU. They didn't. Uh, they got exposed insofar as people put too much hype and sure. too much expectation sure. on them. Very interesting that they were bumped out of the top 25. The, oh. media, the media loved dropped them just as quickly as they picked them up. Yeah. I'm, well, I mean, how how do you not? I mean, you, you, it's not just that they lost, you know, like, and it's not. It wasn't like a fluky forty-two to six where they just were, you know, threw a couple of pick sixes sure. early and couldn't recover. Like, sure. Oregon just dominated. They had their way with them. Thirty-five like, nothing. Like, Colorado had no chance. Oregon Oregon could have scored sixty or seventy if they wanted to. Pac-12 in its last year, a moment of silence for the Pac-12. Pac-12 in its last year is going to have a playoff team or two. I mean, they really I are. So, yeah. I mean, they're they're they've got some good teams. Uh, Washington, I haven't really seen how good their defense is, but Michael Penix, 16 touchdowns so yeah. far. That that's a Heisman candidate kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And and then obviously you know USC is doing USC things and all that kind of stuff. So. You know, I think I think USC is. Uh, the, the paper tiger of the, the Pac-12 right now. Explain to me what a paper tiger is. paper tiger, is. They, they look fantastic. It looks sure. like the team that's going to just, you know, walk away with it. They look dangerous. But I think they're going to get punched in the mouth one time, whether it's Washington, Oregon, uh, whatever ends up happening there. Sure. Um, I, don't, I don't see them as the contender everybody wants. They have a great quarterback. They have great skill players. I, they're another team that I don't think they're going to put it all together. I don't think they have a great defense. Sure. Yeah. Justin, let's stay in the Pac-12, and let's talk about the team that we're not mentioning as being a Pac-12 powerhouse, but they are the back-to-back Pac-12 champions. Utah oh. hosted UCLA, they and they took care of business. In a slugfest, they did. It was a ugly. That was game, a that man. was a 2008 SEC special, 14 to seven. Yeah, yeah, that's some that's some Alabama LSU kind of stuff right there. Um, yeah, so I had I had UCLA winning. Um, honestly, I think if you watch the game, uh, UCLA looked better. Sure. Um, they they had some freshman mistakes. I mean, they've got a big time five star uh, freshman quarterback. Dante but, Moore. Yep. Yeah, the thing about a freshman quarterback is sometimes he's going to look like a freshman yeah. quarterback. Dante Moore is a name you need to know if yeah. you're a listener. UCLA Absolutely. is going to the Big Ten after this year. He's a five star. They flipped him from Oregon late in the recruiting cycle last year. That's a name you need to know. He had 234 yards passing, but. 
10, uh, minus 51 yards rushing. Did, I mean, he was sacked galore. Do you, do you have the – how many how many interceptions did he throw? He threw one. He threw one. It was in the end zone, I believe. Uh, so they were they were going in to score at one point. Red zone, in, yeah, red yeah. zone turnovers yeah, were killers. Yeah. Uh, Cam Rising didn't even as play. A, as a Clemson fan, you, you could speak to, wow. to the red zone – Turnovers. Thank you, Justin. Oh, sorry. Not, well, but I mean, they are killers, though. Like, oh, gotcha. you can be the better team and turn it over in the red zone, oh, gotcha. and you're not going to win the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That obviously was not the case. Uh, turnovers flipped the game against Florida State, but not in the red zone. But yes, that red zone turnovers are yeah. are a killer. Utah, Cam Rising still not playing. Nate Johnson, uh, the track star quarterback yeah. guy, was out there running around. They took care of business. We'll see when it, if and when Cam Rising gets back in there. Utah should not be taken too lightly. They are a physical team in a, in a Pac-12 that has some physical teams, but isn't known for their physicality. They'll have a, they'll have their shot to go back to back to back. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, it, we talked about it a little bit last week. It's weird to talk about physicality in the Pac-12. Yeah, and you got Oregon, Utah. They're both physical teams. Yeah. It's a yeah, you hate to see in the in the last year of that conference they've started figuring out what football is. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Uh, Justin in our state, it was another it was another half mass kind of day for Coastal Carolina. Georgia Georgia State walked in there, took care of business. Listen, Sean Elliott from our state. I would I would I would hate to be a guy who sits here and says I told you so. Except I wouldn't Wow! Because, so you lied. Because when I'm when when I'm right, which is sometimes, um, I like I like to talk about it. Coastal, um, man, over over the last four or five years, have you felt like Coastal's gotten a little big for their britches? Oh my gosh, Justin, yeah. don't get me started. Twenty twenty one, Clemson, you know the DJ down year, right? Big time, lost to Georgia, then lost to NC State, then lost to Pitt, and Coastal Carolina was like ten and zero at one point that yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, right. I think they might have ended. I think they might have ended eleven and one, and then they lost to Liberty in the bowl game. Um, Liberty's a good team that year too. Hugh Freeze. Uh, yeah, they were talking all kinds of junk about yeah. being the best team in the state. And like DJ on his worst day with the four and five star guys that Clemson yeah. has would have just it would have been seventy yeah. to zero. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, good <laughs> gracious. So, so anyway, and I've got some folks in the state who went to Coastal uh, just for whatever reason decided to pull for Coastal, and they I've heard that talk from them. Um, I'm not a Coastal Carolina hater, but. We talked on this podcast last week, and I told you that Georgia State, as a seven-point underdog, would go in and win that game, led by Sean Elliott, who uh, honestly understand why he wasn't hired at South Carolina. Had he been hired at South Carolina instead of Will Muschamp, uh, we wouldn't have gone through the wilderness the way we did. Uh, Sean Elliott's a great coach. Uh, There are teams out there that should look at Sean Elliott. Um, There are Power Five teams that should look at bringing in Sean Elliott. He's a Fantastic coach. I love what he's doing. I love what he has done. Um, I understand it's Georgia State and Coastal, but, uh, yeah, we, we had to talk about it. Justin, uh, who do you think should go after Sean Elliott? I think NC State should. Oh, honestly. my gosh. Yeah, I mean, like, there are people who are saying – You want to get rid of Dave yeah, Doran? I do. I mean, look, there, there is they – have, they have peaked under Doran, and I think that they're actually on the way down. I think they're trending down at NC State. I think that's what you're going to see. They should move on from him. They won't. We've talked about that because uh, he's, you know, seven and a half wins a season, eight wins. Like, he, he's going to have them in a bowl game every year. He's going to upset somebody every year. But you can't settle for mediocrity. So if a, if a team out there wanted to, to make a big move, and it wouldn't look like a big move, I understand it, but Sean Elliott could take a team somewhere. He really yeah. could. Yeah, he's a, he's a program. He seems like a program kind of guy. 
build you a program, uh, culture kind of setter. So we'll see. Uh, Coastal Carolina's got a good coach. You know, uh, uh, Charlie Whitehurst, isn't he the uh, offensive coordinator out there? Is he? Who's, oh no, Willie Corn. Willie Corn. I got my got the, got I got my two thousands Clemson quarterbacks yeah. mixed up. Yeah, Willie Corn's dealing it up on offense. A yeah. lot of people wanted him to come replace Tony Elliott a couple years ago. Well, there were people in South Carolina sure. who were mentioning Willie Corn. Yeah, he's um, a he's a baller. He's going to get himself a job probably one day. So, but you're right. They're kind of coming down back to earth. They had a good couple of years, although it's a strange year for them to come back to earth because um, McCall's back at quarterback. But you know, like he didn't transfer. Yeah, yeah. He, Maybe he should have transferred to Auburn. Should have I mean, transferred, or he should have. Uh, you know, I guess his eligibility. He could have gone pro. Yeah, um, he should have transferred to Auburn. His, I, that's somebody else who has probably peaked. Sure. Like he's not gonna. He, there was a time when he was seen as a first round draft talent. Sure. And that that time has passed. Uh, Justin, we said Texas and Baylor felt like a trap game if it were last week. Sure. Texas just waxed them thirty eight yeah. to six. Just took care of it. Went up. Went up to. Uh, McLean Stadium and just took care of business. Yeah, they 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 looked like the Texas that we want them to be. Yeah. We being you know collective college football fans, sure. the Texas is going to be good. They looked like the Texas. If Texas teams. is going to go and beat Alabama, right? They need to win games like this. Right. If this game had been a week ago, when they played Wyoming, it might have gotten scary because yeah. obviously it was ten ten in the fourth quarter, Texas yeah. Wyoming, and then Texas opened it up. Right. So if it was Baylor, you know, two weeks ago. But it wasn't. You play the teams on your schedule when you play them. They went up there. They covered. They took care of business. And they looked real good. Yeah, just tangent real quick. Wyoming actually looks like a really good football team. Well, yeah, I mean, they beat Texas Tech. Yeah. Sure, I mean, they, they're a fine team. They, yeah. they beat App State this week. Um, I mean, they, they look decent. So, you know, Texas obviously – what I'm saying is I don't know that I don't know that Baylor's a better program than Wyoming right now. I think Wyoming might well beat Baylor. Dave so, Aranda. Yeah. Oh man, you want to talk about somebody on the hot seat? You think he's on the hot seat this oh, year? Absolutely. They yeah. won. They won the conference two years ago. That's crazy. That is crazy. That's crazy. Twenty twenty one was such a weird year. I was like, does does it even does it even count as a as a? I don't know. Well, I no, mean, that's like, that's twenty twenty. Twenty twenty is the twenty twenty one was yeah. weird because. The final wasn't weird. Georgia playing Alabama right. in the national championship, but uh, how we got there was weird. Oklahoma State was going to be in the playoff oh, if right. they didn't. You know, they came up a yard short. Yeah. You know, in the end zone, Justin. You know who didn't come up a yard short? Who's that? The biggest game of the weekend. Number six Ohio State going to <laughs> South Bend, Indiana, yeah. to take on the number nine Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And this game didn't really go like either one of us no. thought it was going to go. Justin, I thought Notre Dame was going to get the win. You did not, but you added the caveat of Sam Harden was going to get exposed. Right. Neither one of those really happened. No, Notre Dame did not get the win, but Sam Hartman didn't really get exposed. In fact, I think he looked really good when they started to play him. Right, when they decided that, oh, wait, we have a quarterback. We should yeah. throw the football around. Um, I wish I could have watched more of this game live. Um, I, obviously, I was tuned into the South Carolina-Mississippi State game. Um if you would have told me that the the final score of this game, neither team would have had twenty points, I would have told you you were crazy. Sure. Because I mean, obviously Notre Dame can play a little defense. Ohio State can play a little defense. Um, I thought Ohio State, with the receivers they have, with obviously you know young unproven quarterback, but still the talent around him. Sure. I thought they would have been able to open it up a little bit, and maybe Notre Dame could have could have hung with them. Sure. Uh, but I thought Ohio State was going to set the tempo, and Notre Dame was going to have to keep up. Um, it was. It was a weird slugfest of a game. Just if, if you'd have told odd. me, if you'd have told me that Notre Dame had 176 yards rushing, uh, yeah. I'd have said, "Sign me up for a Notre Dame win." Yeah, because sure. I would not have thought 
that Sam Hartman would only have 170 yards passing, right. 175 yards passing. Right. But it wasn't for a, it wasn't necessarily for you know he was 10 of 30. You know what I mean? Right, right. He was 17 of 25. He only had eight, eight incompletions. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was good when they decided to use him, but they didn't decide to use him until like eight minutes left in the third quarter. Yeah. You know, they got their first scoring drive around that mid-third quarter mark, yeah. and it was 10-7 Notre Dame. Or, sorry, 10-7 Ohio State. Then Ohio State kind of uh, misses out on a couple drives, and then they just started throwing the ball. Yeah. And they must have thrown the ball six times back-to-back-to-back to back to back on one drive. And he was just lacing them yeah. over over this over this linebacker to the tight end in this tight window over here, yeah. you know, right on the sideline here to this guy. And then even when they were kind of doing a two minute drill later in the game to try and get a couple of first downs and not give Ohio State the ball back, which didn't work, he was slinging it when they would let him. Sure. Why, you know, twenty five yard twenty five pass attempts isn't the worst. Maybe you like to see that at like thirty, but one hundred seventy five yards. Why do you bring this guy in? Yeah. You know who was right. a, he was a transfer portal five star. Obviously, wasn't out of high school. He's a transfer portal five star. You bring this guy in to change your offense, you know, to have an, a threat, and then you don't use him. So, so if we could, if we could do a little bit of revisionist history here, if I could go back and change my prediction about Sam Hartman getting exposed, I would say that it's not Sam Hartman who gets exposed; it's Sam Hartman's decision to go to Notre Dame Ouch. that gets exposed. I mean, what what did they sure. sell him on? Sure. You know, like, did they tell him they were going to throw the ball and they would uh, showcase him right, as an NFL quarterback? Right. Like, there's so many places he could have gone if this is the talent that he really has. Yeah. Where where he would have been the star of the team. You keep saying, you know, he doesn't. You know, he plays that slow mesh right, RPO right. offense. Yeah, I thought he was so a product. Of the I system. think he very clearly wanted to go to a pro style offense no, to true. show the pros that he could make it. Yeah. And he did, but they're not using him. He right. could have gone to Alabama. Yeah. To be in a pro style offense, yeah. and he would have had probably even better talent. I mean, definitely even better oh, yeah, talent, for sure. and probably would have gotten showcased a little bit more. Although Alabama's got their offensive problems. Well, yeah, but I mean, the thing about Alabama, and we're not don't have to talk about them a ton, but the thing about Alabama is that you know they they need to be able to pass the ball to be able to run the ball. Any team needs to be able to pass sure. the ball to be able to run it effectively. You have to have uh, to be a top tier team. Sure. You have to have. Uh, you can't be one-dimensional. Sure. And Alabama's kind of one-dimensional right now. But, yeah, there's any number of teams that Hartman could have gone to that would have used him more effectively than Notre Dame did this week. Now, maybe they'll, maybe they'll straighten that out the rest of the year. Yeah. But this week it was We'll bad. see. They've got a big game coming up. We'll talk about it on our uh, preview episode. Justin, uh, this feels like a game when Ohio State – you know, is winning the Big Ten and and uh, and going to the College Football Playoff is maybe the one seed that you look back and you go, this is when they well, this is when they figured it out. Was that one minute drill, a minute and twenty yeah. seconds they got the ball, and I mean Justin, they were moving the ball, they were moving the ball, they got to like third and they got to second and goal, and then an intentional grounding. Yeah. So it's third and nineteen. Yeah. The first down lines on like the four yard line, yeah. so they can get a first down. Third and nineteen, and they get it down to the one yard yeah. line. Really I mean. Endless. Just absolute confidence in their quarterback, who people have been saying, you know, is this really the guy, and all this kind of stuff. Absolute confidence in him. He makes the throw when it matters most. They get to the one-yard line. They did not come a whole yard short because after they threw the ball incomplete, it was second and one with three seconds left, and they decided to run it with a gutsy call. They run yeah. the ball, and they get it. Maybe, maybe they decided to run it, though, because – they recognize the complete breakdown of the Notre Dame coaching staff. If yeah. you're if you're a, a friend of the pod, you'll you'll remember that I've talked about uh, different times when there's not enough players on the field for different teams. Sure. Florida, for example. Um, Notre Dame had ten men on the field for the last two plays. That's hard to watch. How? It, it, they called like there was a timeout called. How do you not have 
a full 11 players. One and like, uh, This isn't even a special teams situation. Like, this is your defense. How do you have 10 players on the field? And Marcus Freeman said in the press conference, we didn't want to take a penalty. And then somebody, somebody on Twitter pointed out, you You're know, they're on the one yard line. You can, what, you what can penalty? take, yeah. you can take an infinite number of half the distance to the goal uh, penalties, and they're still not going to score. And, and you know, just the nature of football. When the ball is snapped, excuse me. When the ball is snapped, it doesn't matter if it's snapped from the one yard line, the half yard line, whatever. It's going backwards. There's going to be a handoff or something. Sure. Like, come on, man. Also, you don't get penalized for running your 11th player onto the field unless he's off sides at the snap. Sure. You get penalized for running players off the field. Sure. Not on the field. That's hard this to is, watch. Yeah, it's it, 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 it. That was bad. Honestly, I don't know what was worse, that or giving up the 20-yard pass on third 19 in the red zone. Yeah. That is that is utter garbage. Yeah. Like you're supposed to be you're supposed to be known for your defense. You're a defensive team. How do you how do you screw that up? Like Ohio State has exactly two guys that no matter what, they're the guys who we can't let them catch the pass right, right. on this third and infinite. Harrison and Egg Buka. And who called it? Egbuka. Egbuka. It's it's ridiculous. It I, I don't I don't know what the what the call was for Notre Dame. It wasn't the right call. It was bad. So I cannot imagine the amount of Notre Dame fans that after that uh, after that intentional grounding penalty started pouring up another shot oh, yeah. or some champagne. <laughs> you know they started yeah. getting the, they started feeling a loosey goosey. Yeah, you and had to be feeling good. Justin, uh, we'll talk about this more in a minute. But I was at the Clemson Florida State game this right. week. And there were Florida State fans seated next to me, uh, well, all around us. But and in particular, right next to me, this me and this guy, we had a great time. We we're talking it up, you know. Even the fans in front of us, it was very nice. But the guy and his wife sitting next to me and Haley, uh, when Clemson converted on a third down with a couple minutes left, you know, about to set up for the field oh, goal, yeah, yeah. they left. They said oh, we're gonna wow. head out. We're gonna get a head start. I wow. said you got three timeouts, man. Like even if we make this field goal, you got three timeouts. That's All you need is a field goal. And uh, I don't know where he finished watching the game from. But it might have been on the ESPN app, oh, you know, in no. his in his car, and uh, I would hate that. Uh, and I think that that same thing probably happened to several Ohio State fans yeah, and several Notre Dame fans. Yeah. Probably started to check out, and then you watch the way that that just utter demise happened. There's a there's a whole other rant that I could go on there. Um, that's a that that's a problem in college football. Fans deciding to leave early yeah. when the game hasn't been decided yet. We won't talk about Justin, it right now, but it's a problem. Do you think Ryan Day dyes his beard? Oh, Ben, um, if I if if you had told me to just name the things we would talk about today, that probably wouldn't have been one. Yeah, of them. but answer the question, Justin. You know what? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. He definitely. Does. I, re- I really do. Do you think that uh, he was like? Juiced out of his mind after that. Did you see his post game comments? No, I didn't. Oh, 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 so right after the game, you know, yeah. the sideline reporter comes to him uh, before the game. Lou Holtz picked Notre Dame to win. Oh, yes, because My bad. Ohio I... State's not tough. So Ryan oh. Day jazzed out of his mind yeah. because they just won. It should have been a walk off. The one second was yeah. hard to watch. You know, yeah. Notre Dame trying to do stuff, but uh, whatever. Essentially a walk off, and yeah. then he's just jazzed out of his mind, and he starts <laughs> essentially wanting to fight Lou Holtz. Uh, hard to watch. He totally dyes his beard. Yeah, I like Ryan Day. He totally dyes his beard, and he kind of acts like fake tough sometimes. Fake tough. There you go. Let, let's talk about that for a second, please. Who else is Lou Holtz gonna pick? He won a national championship at Notre Dame. Like he he is Notre Dame. He loves Notre Dame. He's eighty six years old. He's retired. Who cares what he said? Like, come on, pick a fight with somebody different, dude. Come on. 
one other big game, another top 15 matchup. Uh, Ole Miss, Alabama. Alabama was favored, much to the chagrin of yeah. much of the media thought uh, uh, Ole Miss should be favored. This is like three years in a row now that Ole Miss, Ole Miss has had the team yeah. uh, to, to beat Alabama and hasn't been able to get it done. I thought Alabama was going to roll. I really thought Alabama did win by two scores. They covered. They sure. won 24-10. to 10. I When I said that Alabama was going to blow out Ole Miss, I thought it was going to be like 48-10. to 10. Yeah. It wasn't. They still took care of business. They still looked quite dominant. Offense yeah. is not rolling yet. Um, really makes you wonder uh, the offensive coordinator hire if that was the right one. But that's a side topic. Alabama took care of business. They look really good. I'm sure they're just going to keep getting better. They may very well win the West when everybody has them dead, you know, uh, dead to rights against uh, you know University of South Florida. Yeah, sure. But they took care of business, and Ole Miss again did not. And. Uh, you know, you, you said that it feels like the game that Alabama, like you said, you, you thought it might be a little worse, but that Alabama shows up and says like, "Hey, don't don't write us off yet." Right, um, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, I saw somebody uh, called Lane Kiffin, Lane Whiffin. Um, I, thought, I thought that was that was pretty like, funny. Like Whiffin games, yeah, because he's he's had so many opportunities now to to knock off sure. uh, uh, Nick Saban, and this this was probably his his best chance. Um, and it just it just didn't happen. Um, you know, I think this is also an opportunity to just talk about there are times when two teams can show up and both teams can be ready to play, and this is where recruiting and all that kind sure. of stuff. Like, Alabama just has a deeper, better team than Ole Miss, no matter what you want to say. They've got a deeper, better yeah. team than most people. Right, I mean, right. Power ratings – yeah. Alabama would be up there among the top three. Sure. As far as sure. I th- on a neutral field, I would yeah. pick them to win. Yeah, yeah. You know, that doesn't mean they ought to be ranked in the top three. That's right. just they're talented. Right. And on any given day, they can show up and they can win. Yeah, so that talent showed up Saturday for sure. I did, like I said in the in the preview show, I did think this was gonna feel a little bit more two thousand fifteen yeah. when they waltzed into Athens and just won thirty eight to three, just a just a slug just an absolute Body bagging, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, didn't feel exactly like that, but they took care of business. They In did. the second yeah. half, they well, exerted it, I'll say will. it took them a little bit to get going, but once they got going, it was clear that they were the, the superior team. All right, Justin, let's bring it home. Let's do it. We've talked about the powerhouse that is Coastal Carolina. Second or third best yeah, team yeah. in the state. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I'm just kidding. Justin, South Carolina played host to Mississippi State. Yeah. Two programs that after the week before, uh, you know, one yeah. was one and two, but was yeah. like, okay, we took the number one team to the country. You know, we took yeah. them, we took them to it. The other was two and one, and yeah. just got waxed at home against LSU. Yeah. So both teams kind of walk into this game being like, who are we? Yeah. You know, if you're South Carolina, are we about to be one and three? Are we all? Are we just a Spencer Rattler show? Yeah. Which to a degree, yes, but it works. You know, are we just a Spencer Rattler show? Are we going to waste, you know, the potential of a five-star or or our first ever five-star quarterback and be one and three and be, like, scrambling for a bowl game? Then you're Mississippi State and you're like, okay, we're two and one. We have a bad, you know, big-time loss to a good team. But are we about to be three and one, you know? Uh, is there is there a future for this program? Right. They got they got Alabama this week. You know, go and beat right. South Carolina. Are we feeling okay about playing Alabama? No, South Carolina took care of business. Now they're both two and two. South Carolina's back to even. You obviously watched this game pretty closely. Oh what yeah, are your thoughts. For sure. um, so uh, you said you said both teams come in wondering who we are. We talked last week. You said specifically that Mississippi State was not playing a brand of football 
that a that a middling team in the SEC right. should play. That they were trying to establish the run. That's what um, South Carolina message boards talked about all week. Is that we're not good at stopping the run. Mississippi State's going to come in and try to establish the run. We're right. going to really struggle there. You know, what's the game going to look like? That's that's how we'll set the tone. And it, it seems like Mississippi State got the message because they didn't necessarily revert to an air raid, but they came in and said, wait, we have one of the top five quarterbacks in SEC history in terms of passing yardage. Let's let him air it out a little bit. He had almost 500 yards passing, but Mississippi State had, what, 20 yards rushing for the game? Poverty uh, stats. I mean, it, Poverty was, stats. it was bad. They were very one-dimensional. It was a one-dimensional that we didn't expect. Uh, but anyway, so you're watching that game – uh, as a South Carolina fan, on the other hand, and you're, you're saying, all right, we know we can't run the ball. We've got to just stop their run and let let Rattler do his thing. Excuse me, let Rattler cook a little bit. Uh, he only threw the ball like 20 times in this game. 18 of 20. I mean, and 18 of 20 is ridiculous. It's crazy. So he's 18 of 20. Um, one of those was an obvious pass interference that wasn't called. Ouch. <coughs> Excuse me. The other uh, was a drop. Um Anyway, ouch. Yeah, uh, neither here nor there. Uh, the coaching staff uh, very clearly must have had a conversation about we need to establish a running game. Um, this is where we hadn't necessarily put this to talk about. Um, I was I, I was wrong. We'll go ahead and mark one of my season predictions as wrong. Big time wrong. Yeah, Dakarion Joyner, not a not, draft. not a draft worthy running back. Uh, maybe a gadget player kind of guy. I'm um, not in the NFL in college. He, he's a good gadget sure. player. Um, we we did maybe find a running back though. Uh, Mario Anderson is he true freshman? Uh, uh, he's not. He's a transfer from Newberry. He was oh, he was oh, a finalist. Yeah yeah, 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 finalist for like their, the, the Division Two Heisman yeah, 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 kind yeah. of thing. Um, listen, he he got in 26 carries uh, for 88 yards. Yeah, and you know. Uh, None of those were were big gains or anything. I think what's that? What's that average? Like three and a half somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, so his long was only nine. Yeah. His long was nine. And so that's that's uh, not not great statistically speaking. You know, he didn't have like some kind of moment where it was like, oh, that's our guy. But the whole game was that. He sure. hit, he hit the hole hard. He he could get skinny. Um, you, you know, sometimes you gotta. Uh, Wiggle a little bit as you, as you hit the line to make a guy miss. Oh, can, if only we that. had video right now and we could see what it looks like to wiggle a little bit from, from our friend Justin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let me let me show you. Um, no, but uh, he he looks like the running back that South Carolina needs. When we brought him in, a lot of fans, a lot of people said, "Why are we bringing in this guy from Newberry?" Sure. And listen, that's that's such a such a bad take. When are we going to learn our lesson? I'm just going to rant for a second, Alan, if that's okay. We also brought in a guy from Wingate a couple years ago, Jalen Brooks, and everybody said, oh, he's terrible. Why would we ever do that? That man plays for the Dallas Cowboys right now. We've got to stop. Yeah, we've got to stop crapping on these transfers that we bring in because we we do have to go find the talent somewhere else sometimes. So we brought in this guy from Newberry. He looks like a running back. A lot of the things that I heard uh, after Saturday or during the game Saturday was he looks like Mike Davis, the second Mike Davis that came to South Carolina. He looks like him. He's a is a shorter guy, but he's stocky. He can run. He's fast. He drives his legs through contact. Sure, like. He is a good running back. So that's my big takeaway from the game is that South Carolina has found a running back. Mississippi State, listen, Mississippi State was averaging, giving up something like 100 yards, 110, 120 yards a game on the ground. Uh, South Carolina ran for almost 150. 144. Yeah, so look, I mean, 
going into that game, that's not something you would have expected because we were averaging like fifty yards a ground on fifty yards a game on the ground. Yeah. Uh, so, who not, had more? Not the game we would have expected. Who had more rush yards, Justin? Uh, Spencer Rattler or Dakarion Jordan? Spencer Rattler. Yeah. Forty-three yeah. to twenty-four. And that's I mean, he popped the long one for twenty-eight. He, he had oh man, and I don't know if this was gamesmanship or what. So he got hit. He came up limping, and everybody's like, "Oh crap!" And then he had the thirty-yard run the very next play. So I don't know if that was intentional on his part. I don't know what happened. If it was some ad lib in there, um, but uh, Rattler had a great game. Um, I said the big takeaway is is we found a running back, um, dude. We've got a receiver too. He leads like the country it. in in receiving yardage. That seventy six yard, uh, just dude, not even a bomb, no, just a streaker. Man. <laughs> yeah, just uh, so he, he's the first player in South Carolina history to have two seventy five yard or seventy five plus yard uh, touchdown receptions in, in the same game. Uh, we're talking about Xavier Leggett, um, who looks a lot like DK Metcalf. He's like, a gamer, just, bro. Dude, he is. So his his first one, the seventy six yarder. Uh, it was on a little uh, drag route across across the the field. Uh, he he caught it three yards across, past the line of scrimmage and just left everybody. Yeah, I mean like yeah, turned on the Jets and then the, the deep bomb of course was there too. Um, you got to feel good if you're yeah. South Carolina. Um, that you, you got to feel a little wary that your defense is still not that. Although that wasn't to not be expected. Yeah. I mean, so you knew let, that the defense was going to be a little down this year. Yeah, yeah. At least well, let's let's talk about the defense for a second. So, um, so sorry, sorry to interrupt. So, yep, we lost. I forgive you. Yeah, yeah, we we lost uh, two cornerbacks uh, to the draft. Yeah. Um, but if you look at that game, it, it wasn't a game where the entire. Uh, for the duration of the game, you're sitting there thinking like, "Oh crap, we're about to get torched again." Sure. There were very obvious breakdowns on play actions. It was it was a discipline issue, and a and a young player issue. Sure. Like our best player in the secondary is a is a sophomore, right? Yeah. A true sophomore. You knew your defense was going to be probably sure. a year away, maybe yeah. two years away, but you knew it was going to be a little down this year, which is okay. Yeah. You've got to feel good if you're South Carolina that you're winning some games because of your offense. Especially a week after uh, you only score 15 points or 14 points against yeah. Georgia. But, of yeah. course, that's Georgia. But you come out and you score 37 points. Yeah. You win because of your offense and not because Spencer Rattler had 1,000 yards passing. Right. You know, not because he had 500 yards passing. You right. know, Will Rogers had 487 yards passing. But Spencer Rattler, 288. It's a good game. Yeah. Very balanced. 144 yards rushing from the team. Yeah. you got to feel good. Offense is clicking. I know a lot of people were down after that North Carolina game with regards to the offense. Yeah. Although Spencer Rattler was still sh- yeah. stupid efficient, well, so the so then the question going forward is: We feel good. Is Mississippi State as bad as they looked against LSU? And if they are, then thirty-seven to thirty is nothing. Well, to be excited they about. absolutely are because they didn't throw the ball. Right. You know, like right. we talked about, like, Mississippi State is not right now uh, got the guys on the roster to hang physically and and uh, running and physical football with an LSU or some other teams in the SEC. If they want to play top-tier SEC teams, they have to play with a quarterback that's going to throw for 487 yards. Right. If they had done this last week, it would have been so much more competitive. Yeah. And, and LSU is suspect on their corners and their, and their secondary. So if they had tried like that, it would have been much closer, much more competitive. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they'll do that against Alabama this week, and it'll yeah. be competitive. We'll see. Yeah. I said that their bully ball strategy could work against other mid-level SEC teams like South right. Carolina. Obviously, that's not how they decided to play. Right. They still hung with them. 
But I thought South Carolina was going to win. They took care of business. Rattler is efficient as ever. Found a way, yeah. And you want to, you need to win those kind of games. You know, after the North Carolina game, a lot of South Carolina people were saying Mississippi State game is a must win now at this yeah. point. And you won. Yeah. And you know what? That's good. And you got to feel happy. Your offense is getting the job done. You didn't win twenty four to twenty one. Yeah. You won thirty seven to thirty. Yeah. And and as is as is the case with college football, now the attention just turns to the next game, and you say like, what can we learn? What can we show? Were we good? Um, it, this week is behind us. Now we've got to focus on what comes next. So, and we'll talk about that in our preview. Um, but. You can't you can't just sit back and say, hey, we won a game and found a running back. Now our attention has to turn to the next game. We'll see what we can prove next week. All right, Justin, let's wrap this thing up. Let's talk about the big one. Florida State came into Clemson, South Carolina as a narrow favorite. The line got all the way down to one and a half. Yeah. And it was a heck of a game. I thought Clemson was going to win narrowly. Yeah. But it wouldn't be uh, totally sustainable. Right. That sort of happened. Clemson didn't win narrowly. But they played very good. They played better in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I'm not sure it's all that sustainable. You know, we'll see. Clemson's season is backloaded. They could get Notre Dame. They certainly could get Notre Dame. It's at home. You know, they could get Miami. That's on the road. They could get North Carolina. That's at home. Like, Clemson could go 10-2. They could win the next eight games. Uh, They could also lose one or two of those games. So, we'll see how sustainable it is. Well, the, the, the... Just real quick, the question there, we're going to spend a ton of time on it. The question there is, is Clemson able to show up and be okay just playing the role of spoiler? Because, again, we'll, we'll see what you have to say about it, but, I mean, the season's over in terms of your could be. in terms of your goals. I mean, you need Florida State and Duke to yeah. both lose three – or you need one of those teams to lose three conference games. Yeah. Sorry, I, that, that's off topic. We'll get back to the game. No, you definitely you definitely need some things to happen. Clemson played good, but uh, not good enough. It's it's yeah. back to the Duke game. Two things can be true at once. Yeah. Clemson had more yards, more, more, over 120 more total yards. Yeah. Clemson had 146 yards rushing. Uh, Florida State had 22 yards rushing. Sheesh. Uh, Clemson, you know, Cade Klubnick and Jordan Travis were pretty much neck and neck. Jordan Travis had one more touchdown and six more yards, but they were pretty much neck and neck. K. Klubnick also had a rushing touchdown, uh, but so did Jordan Travis. So they were pretty much the same. The wide receivers were pretty comparable. Uh, Tyler Brown had 84 yards. Uh, Johnny Wilson had their most for uh, Florida State at 94. The funny thing is, like, Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman, both they both had almost 100 yards at 94 and 86, and yet they both felt really contained the whole game. Yep. You know, jo- uh, they Florida State threw eleven balls, twenty yards or more in the air, yep. only completed four. Right. You think that's a pretty big win if you're Clemson. Yep. Um, obviously, Keon Coleman caught the one that mattered most in overtime. Right. But outside of that, you know, they were the wide receivers were pretty well contained on mostly man coverage. You know, mostly mostly one corner with maybe some safety help, man coverage. Yep. And of course, Jordan, Jordan Travis said after the game that that was disrespectful. That's silly. Like, yeah, Florida yeah. State, this is the only thing about Florida State. Florida State gets it done, okay? Fumbles and field goals have cost Clemson two games now. Yeah. Obviously, Clemson, um, you know, Florida State drives at the end of the half and scores. It's 14-17. Clemson's up. They open the half. They get a field goal at 17-17. Clemson goes down, scores, 24-17. They hold them. It's 24-17. They pop off the big one, uh, Phil Maffa with his 46-yard run. 
And then a nothing burger on the next play. It's second and 10. Florida State dials up a blitz, hits Cade, fumble, scoop and score. Yeah. That's the game. If yeah. they do not, if that does not happen, you at least punt and put them in deep field position. Right. Or you score and you're up by two scores. Yeah. That's the game. Yeah. Like, uh, the pass in overtime was not the game. In fact, the corner that had been shutting down those two wide receivers went out. Last right, play of the yeah. game, or not last play of the game, but fourth and ten for Florida State, trying to get in field goal position. Nate Wiggins, you know, he goes down. Yeah. Nate Wiggins had shut those boys down, not you know, had hampered them all game long. He goes down. They attack the they attack the second string corner, works out in their favor, they score in overtime. So that's strategy. You know, I knew exactly what sure. was gonna happen, that they were gonna go after him. But uh that's not cost them the game. Uh, it was that nothing burger, second and ten, have to throw the ball, dial up a blitz, fumble, scoop and score. Sure. Fumbles. And then late in the game, you know, what, a minute and a half left, you go to kick a 29-yard field goal, and you're uh, all out of Charleston, grad yeah. student, walk-on, uh, former backup <laughs> kicker, can't make it. He had made one earlier, and he's made all his extra points. But I he felt, misses the I field felt goal. so bad for him. Oh, for sure. Well, and, like, I'm a, I'm a storylines kind of guy. So as I'm watching that, when he missed it, I, I kind of groaned. Yeah. And Hannah looked at me and she was like, "Are you pulling for Clemson?" Right. And, and I said, "No, no, it's like not. It's not that. I was pulling for that kid." Yeah. Like what a tough position he's been put in. Dabo yeah. said that the quarterback. So it was third and ten, and they dialed up a quarterback draw, and they got two yards. It almost popped. It was. It almost popped. Um, which is what he made note of. You know, they asked him, why'd you call quarterback draw? Was that to set up a field goal? He said, no. He said, we thought we'd catch him off guard, and it almost popped, and it did. But it also felt like a field goal play because yeah. he ran it right in the middle of the two hash marks. Right. Yeah. And so it felt like Dabo wanted to be able to post game to be like, you know, the walk-on yeah. backup kicker won the game. Did you Do you know what the uh, – so I was at the game, so I didn't hear this until afterwards. Did you hear what the commentator said, uh, Sean McDonough? No, I play. didn't. So Hollywood writers are on strike right now, yeah. and everybody's talking about how this is a Hollywood. <laughs> he said, uh, right when the when he missed it wide left, he said, uh, well, you know, the writers are on strike. <laughs> Hollywood scripts can't have to come to an end there. Oh, Fumbles man. and field goals missed yeah. have cost Clemson two wins yeah. in what would have what would have been two wins against two pretty quality opponents. Yeah, uh, and that has been the story of the season. Clemson was better. This is why you know a lot of people were saying this was going to be the referendum game of Clemson Florida State. This was going to be the game that exposes Clemson for a lack of transfer talent and it was going to be because of Florida State having the transfer talent. Now it is very it is true that Florida State won this game because of the transfer portal. Because they'd still be probably two years away if the transfer portal did not exist. True. They you know, three years does not make a roster. So they were they were able to be in the game. Exactly. Keon Coleman came out of the transfer portal, caught the touchdown. You could argue that that won them the game. But Clemson was better at every single position than wide receiver number one. Outside of one, outside of the top wide receiver, you know, wide receiver number one type guy, which is Keon Coleman, Clemson was better at every single sure. position. Sure. Um, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but let me say this, again, as, I, as our Carolina fan, my, my uh, just view of the game and everything. Um, listen, Carolina fans, close your ears. Clemson was the better team yeah. for the vast majority of that football game. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, I think I think if I'm a Clemson fan, what a terrible thought. If I'm a Clemson fan, I'm not upset with the team. There are yeah. a few coaching decisions that that are really just baffling. Sure, like to me. seemingly setting up for the field goal. Yeah. 
third and one in overtime after Will Shipley had a nine yard run yeah. on second and ten. You don't run the ball. You 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 call a run play with the option to pass, knowing you have a young quarterback who's a little jumpy yeah. and he chooses the option to pass because he has numbers. Yeah. But you never give him that option. Right. That's the thing. You never he, give him that. He, option. he even made he made the right the quarterback made the right decision. Clubnick made the right decision. Uh, in terms of just on paper what you're supposed to look for. But how many times, Alan, how many times have we sat here and said, if Clemson would just feed Will Shipley, sure. if they would just feed their running backs, then they could they could win games. Um, listen, I had I had a certain take after this one. Um, and and it's, it's a body of work here. And I know it's different coaches who have combined to make this happen. Clemson University has wasted the talent that is Will Shipley. Uh, and he, he's had a good career. It, it's not been terrible by any means. He's a 1,000-yard uh, rusher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a great player. He will leave Clemson as a great player, but he could have left as a legend. Sure. I would say as a Heisman Trophy winner. Sure. Uh, he, he is that good, and they play him like he's just a rotational back. Like, that's the frustration yeah. that I think Shipley has to be feeling, that I think Clemson fans should be feeling. It's obvious. It's third and one. Right. Go get the first down and then figure out what you got to do. Yeah. I think uh, I think if Will Shipley comes back next year, under another year of Will, uh, under another year of Garrett Riley, we'll see more of what I predicted, which was that he would be a Heisman-type player yeah. with, you know, 1,000 yards rushing, 500 yards all-purpose uh, elsewhere. That'll be more the case. I do think when you consider the fact that this is his junior year, you can make the case that his career, to a degree, has been wasted so far if he leaves this year because he hasn't had a coordinator that wants to use him like Garrett Riley is using him yeah. for the last two years. Yeah. You know, his freshman year, he wasn't supposed to be the starter. He ended up becoming the starter, was used much more as a traditional back. Last year's 1,000-yard rusher, still not used as much in the passing game. He's getting used all-purpose a lot and having a good year. You know, he had 68, 67 yards on the ground yesterday, uh, Saturday and 38 yards, including a touchdown, through the air. Yeah. So you're talking about 105 yards of total offense. That's yeah. good. That's what we expected, maybe a little bit more, but that's what you expected week in and week out from yeah. him uh, to be that all-purpose back. Yeah. He had obviously a few yards uh, returning kicks as well. Sure. That, well, so there are there are there are running backs who um, aren't aren't top level talent who need to be rotated in and out of games, and then there are guys who get better as the sure. game progresses. Shipley, I think we've seen it multiple times in the last couple of years. He is he is hitting his stride in the fourth quarter. Sure. And then, for whatever reason, the decision is made to to not just feed him. I, yeah, I think the offense is a year away. I thought it was going to click. I thought it was going to click this year for sure. I think the offense is a year away. I think we saw that on Saturday with Cade making a few mistakes, including and Maffa not picking up the blitzer, which led to the sure. and, and Cade not seeing him either. Yeah. Then Cade throwing the option on RPO when he should have handed it off. Uh, you don't give him that option, but still, he made the wrong decision. So I think the offense is a year away. I definitely think if Ship comes back next year, you know, he could be that Heisman level player. But maybe he wants to go ahead and go to the NFL. You know, that that'll be his decision, or maybe he wants to transfer to another program. But I don't think that's likely. But he definitely could be doing more. He had 46 yards on kick return, so you're talking about 150 yeah. yards all purpose on the day. Yeah. Good. It's about what we expected. Maybe a touch more. You know, he's getting used not to the degree he could. Right. I agree with that. Right. Clemson should feel good and horrible. 
yeah. after Saturday. Like, <laughs> yeah. better team, better at every position, you know, pretty much even at quarterback, yeah. but better at every position it felt like. Uh, your your most of your players made the plays yeah. that you were thinking, man. If we win this game, you know Xavier Thomas has to have a sack, have a sack or two and draw a holding or two, which he did. You know uh, the corners have to shut down those receivers to you know when it matters most, which they did pretty much. The running backs have to make some plays. If we're gonna win, Bo Collins has to catch a 50-50. I mean, you had Bo Collins yeah. and Adam Randall both catch a couple 50-50 balls yeah. that haven't in otherwise you know otherwise other games. All right, so let me ask you this. There are some – obviously, we're not into moral victories. You said you leave the game feeling good and terrible. You know, that That's all well and good. Let me ask you, as we kind of close this out, you opened by asking which two and two feels better. Right. When it comes to season outlook now, going forward, what uh, is the outlook for Clemson football? Sitting at two and two, sure. how do you feel about the rest of the season? And then I let, let me talk a little bit about South Carolina. Most too. people, at the very best, are thinking nine and three. I certainly think ten and two is possible. You know, you play like you did Saturday. You're going to go beat Syracuse on uh, this week on Saturday. That'll be a heck of a game. But you'll go beat Syracuse, who is undefeated. If you play like you did Saturday, you'll beat all the teams you're supposed to beat. You could definitely hang with no, with Notre Dame. You can definitely hang with Miami and North Carolina, and maybe make the plays to win those games. I still think ten and two is possible, and you know if Duke loses games, you could you could find your way in the ACC championship and sure. have a and have a chance at revenge for sure. Nine and three is probably most likely. I think you do just because the the team feels a year away. Yeah. You probably do drop one of those very good games: yeah. Notre Dame, North Carolina, Miami. You probably do drop one of those, maybe even South Carolina, but you probably do drop one more game. Do could you, go ten and two. Yeah, you look you look at the schedule and you think as a Clemson fan or as a Clemson player even like. Darn, this isn't where we want sure, to be. Sure, We wanted to be 4-0. We sh- probably, arguably, should have been 4-0. Sure. Um, without some, some really big mistakes. Um, my question, and I said it earlier, you know, can Clemson show up week in and week out? Um, you know, Obviously, in the games they're favored, can they show up and take care of business? But then those games where they have an opportunity to play spoiler, can they do it? If they do... I think you're talking about a scenario where Clemson's in the top ten at the end of the season, and then things could get really interesting with that prediction you made. Yeah, well, uh, ten and two Clemson, who gets a shot at revenge in the ACC yeah. title and beats Florida State by ten points in the ACC title. Yeah, Did they make the playoff. I, I don't know if That's, they do. Yeah. If Florida State if is Florida undefeated. State's undefeated, yeah. if Notre Dame is a one loss team when they play them. Um, yeah, if yeah, Miami, you know, th- certain things have to line up sure. to help the the perception. I think, like again, Carolina fans don't get mad at me. That's something I'm really going to be interested in yeah. going forward. You know, there's the part of me that wants Clemson to lose every game, sure. but there's the part of me that would really like to see a matchup at the end of the year where Clemson's nine nine and two. Sure, and, and we're wondering what's going to happen with the rest of, with, with Clemson's postseason. So, what are you thinking? If yeah. Clemson's nine and two, where is South Carolina coming? South Carolina. Last game of the year? So. Um, like I said, I think we found some answers. I think the big test is Saturday. What happens against Tennessee? Yeah. If we show up and can play against Tennessee, if we can somehow walk out of Neyland Stadium with a win, then I think, you know, sky's the limit. I'm not saying 10 and 2, but, you know, you could go into that game at the end of the year sitting there at like, what, 8 and 3? For sure. For you sure. Know, 7 and 4. 7 and 4 wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't be great. It wouldn't be bad. Sure. Um, so, I mean, you, you could be looking at, and, and I think this will happen, um, a couple of top 25 teams at the end of the year. Uh, I think South Carolina sitting at 2 and 2 and saying, all right, 
Now it's time. We've found some answers. We've got some young guys on the offensive line. We got a new running back. Let's take care right. of business. And, and I'm really excited to see. I I still think um, that that hopes are high in Columbia. I think I think both teams should feel bad and good. Yeah. yeah. Justin, this morning my voice is a little hoarse, but I'm with you. Yeah. I feel bad and good at the same time. That's right. The flags are at half mast. Not mine.